it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So hello there and welcome to an episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. My name is Adam Burns, one of your hosts, and joining me once again, my co-host, on his birthday, no less, of putting in the extra mile, it's Courtney Pye. And Courtney, first things first, happy birthday, and a bit surprised that we've actually got an episode recording here today, considering the news that has just come out. But first things first, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, it's It's a lovely wet autumn's day over at Mudchuk Farm, and... uh... An ideal start to my birthday, but we roll on, Adam, we roll on. Yeah, I mean, given the time of year that our birthdays tend to be, we're not really fortunate in terms of getting nice weather for it. I mean, me, perhaps me, um, I'm a bit more fortunate, so I usually get sort of the tail end of summer, but in your case, it's completely wind, rain, and anything that autumn tends to throw our way, so uh, you kind of just have to... And then this year, we just had a a little dash of COVID in as well, so uh, perfect. But then, yeah, it seems some crazy stories on this. I mean, even the president, Donald Trump, has uh, announced that he's got COVID, him and his wife. But I think the less said on that one, the better, because this is not that type of podcast. But speaking of which, of course, big breaking news that has happened. The reason reason why we are recording this episode is Honda have dropped a huge bombshell in announcing that they are leaving Formula One as an engine supplier at the end of the 2021 season. So absolutely huge news i mean courtney what were your what was your initial reaction when you first saw this because this came out of nowhere I, I, I mean you can probably tell by my reaction there were so many knock-on effects of this news and my first thought that comes to mind is where do red bull go from here um i put a little video out on the instagram page like giving my thoughts on it and you have a look at a situation where there aren't that many engine suppliers in Formula 1, as we all know. You've got, wait, so you have Honda, they're leaving. Yep. Renault, we all know how that ended between Red Bull and uh, and Renault. We all know how that ended. 
And it would be almost stupid of Ferrari or Mercedes to give them one of their engines, given that Red Bull are very good at making good cars. It's just they struggle in the engine department. So it'd be, in terms of being competitive, it'd be suicidal for either of them to give Red Bull an engine. So I just really have, unless they choose to make their own engine, which looks like, yeah, it looks like the only option they have is to make their own engine. I mean, there there are a few options available to them. Of course, we're going to get into that. And uh, just to let you know, guys, of course, we did a recording last night for the episode that was meant to go out on Saturday. But because of this news, we've got to push this one forward and push that back, which will be fine. So that one will be out on Monday, I believe, at some point. So um, obviously, we won't discuss that too much detail. So if it sounds like this one was recorded after that one, well, it was, that one was recorded yesterday. So uh, any references to news that we thought wasn't going to come our way, clearly that has happened. That's uh, sod's law, I guess. But on the Honda front, guys, um, obviously just looking for the press release, making notes, uh, Takahiro Hachigo, the uh, CEO of Honda Motor uh, Company, uh, in his speech today basically said, on behalf of Honda, I would like to express our gratitude again to both race- Red Bull Racing and Scuderia Alpha Tour for enabling us to fulfil our ambitions of winning Formula 1 races, and then goes on to basically announce that they are leaving the sport as supply- engine supplies at the end of the 2021 season. Now, this is kind of a big f- thing for Honda. Of course, this isn't the first time that they've left the sport. They left the sport in 1992 and in 2008. Of course, in 2008 in particular, this was following the huge economic crash in uh, early 2007, which then obviously caused them to have a massive reduction in car sales and as much as 70% of their cars industry was completely impacted by this. So it forced them to have to pull out at a time where they didn't realise that they had a championship winning car sitting in their wind tunnel, which of course Braun uh, bought and took over and then led to them winning the uh, 2009 World Championship. So you know, a Honda have been a huge part of Formula 1 and this isn't the first time they've left the sport. However, I think it's fair to say that there are more than just the economic aspect in terms of their rationale for this one. And, you know, I, I say this because of what we've seen in the press release. I mean, some examples in this press release um, that uh, Takahiro was mentioning was that they were going to prioritise environmental projects and they wanted to electrify two-thirds of their global automobile unit sales by 2030 and become fully carbon neutral by 2050. That has been the centre of uh, the rationale for wanting to leave. Of course, the economic impact uh, caused by COVID, etc. has been a big, big factor. But it's not like Honda haven't been teasing this idea of uh, leaving the sport again. I mean, last year... Um, Yamamoto, the uh, managing director at uh, Honda F1, for those of you familiar with him, he was speaking last year about the possibility of Honda staying beyond 2020, let alone 2021. And, you know, he he was talking about it uh, at the time, basically saying that they'd started to calculate how much it would cost for future regulations, of course, which have been signed up to the Concord Agreement recently. And They've noticed that it's very tough for all the car manufacturers at the moment because of the environmental change for electrification. So we are summing up the developmental cost and having discussions internally. But winning is the first priority. Once we decide to participate, we just try to win. Of course, they stayed on for another year um, for 2021. And now they've ultimately made that decision to leave 
not just for the economical reasons, which we there is an element of it there, but also because of this change, this sudden urgent change for making their cars more environmentally efficient and going completely carbon neutral. That's absolutely fine. And of course, we should stress that with Honda, this is something that's always been on their mind for a long time. I don't feel that their time in Formula One was going to be a long one, especially after the dismal first few years that they had at McLaren, where everything just went horribly wrong for them uh, from 2015. This would be uh, next. This would be their sixth year in the sport since that return. And Honda has always alluded to this idea of wanting to move on. They've never really wanted to sustain this for a long-term project. And of course, if it wasn't economically viable for them to invest million, hundreds of millions of of dollars and pounds into the project to make the engine a championship winning engine again, they were going to pull out the sport. And I think that's what they felt last year. And I think everything going on this year and obviously the sudden need for environmentally more friendly engines and stuff like that, that has kind of um, uh, served as a catalyst for this decision. So um, obviously this is the Honda rationale for this. And uh, as I mentioned before, this is not the first time that they've left the sport. They've done it twice before. And um, But this time there does seem to be a bit more than just the economic reasons for it. So with that all in mind, the question is, how where does this leave Red Bull and Alpha Tauri, Corny? Because as you've mentioned already at the beginning of this episode, now that Honda are leaving in 2021, Red Bull and Alpha Tauri now have only three engine suppliers that they can choose from if they want to continue as a customer. And that would be Mercedes, Ferrari and Renault, who of which they were with them, uh, Alfa Tauri were with them up to 2017. And of course, Red Bull were with them up to 2018. And the relationship, I think is fair to say, Corny, less than amicable towards the tail end of it. There were a lot of issues. There were a lot of issues for Red Bull back in 2017 and 2018. In particular, that 2017 season, you know, there were lots of retirements, lots of missed opportunities for Red Bull. And a lot of the blame was placed in Renault's direction. And a lot of people, including myself, felt that if Red Bull had a Ferrari or a Mercedes engine in that car, there's a pretty good chance that they could have won a world championship in 2017 or 2018. I think it's fair to say. And, you know, you know, with that in mind, it does create a bit of a paradox now where you know, what, what do Red Bull do? What do Alpha Tauri do? You feel Alpha Tauri will probably go in the same direction. But, you know, what are Red Bull's options, Courtney? If you were Christian Horner right now, what would you be thinking in terms of, you know, the direction forward for Red Bull? Well, the only thing, like, they, they have two options. They either turn to a new company that might be interested in making engines for Formula One. Like that, for example... Just, just throw a name out there. Citroen. They could have Citroen engines, for example, or they start developing their own their own engines at Milton Keynes. But it's not like you can just bolt an engine into a car and have it perform at the level that you need to not only perform but to be reliable. These things not only take years, but they're expensive. And this is where Red Bull have always been a slight disadvantage compared to other teams you know the teams that they're competing with are car manufacturers red bull are almost in in the the most polite way they're almost a franchise in formula one they're not they're not a renault a ferrari a mercedes and even a mclaren if mclaren were in a dire situation that red bull in right now they know they can develop um 
they know they can develop cars. So, yes, it'd be expensive, but they're more likely, McLaren would be more likely to handle a, situa- a situation like this than Red Bull are. Yeah, it's one of those situations where if they wanted to try and go and develop their own engine, the first things first would have to try and purchase blueprints from a a previous engine supply like Honda in this instance to try and have a starting point and then maybe try and recruit some of their personnel to help them expand on that and develop the engines further. That could be a cost-effective way of doing it. How they would be able to get around doing that and how that would work is a different thing, but I don't think Honda would be overly interested in having something that's patented to them being developed further and having people taken from their company over to Red Bull. And obviously they need those experts to work on their environmental programs in that direction. So in terms of developing the engine themselves, yes, that is an option. But as we've seen from previous uh, companies interested in trying to get into Formula One, such as Audi, Porsche in particular, those two come to mind. They've expressed an interest in trying to build a works team in Formula One or a manufacturer's team, if you like. And the biggest obstacle for them has been the engines and how complex they are, how expensive they are to develop. I mean, Honda joined in, uh, came into Formula One two years behind the likes of Mercedes, Ferrari and Renault in terms of the engine program. They joined in 2015 with McLaren. Now, teams have been working on these engines at least 18 months in Mercedes case two years before they came into effect in 2014 so already Honda were like three years behind in terms of development and it took them up to a point where in 2019 there was they were actually probably more competitive than someone like Renault and able to provide Red Bull with the power they needed to win races I mean looking at the stats I mean after a first few dismal years with McLaren Famous quotes from Alonso referring to it as a GP2 engine, not wanting to do fuel saving, the reliability issues. I mean, it was it was horrible for Honda to have to hear that from their marquee driver, Fernando Alonso. Um, you know, and, and it was difficult to want to stay in the sport. But then, of course, they made that switch to Alpha Tauri. It was like a guinea pig switch, really. And this is where Honda started to make their mark in 2017 with Pierre Gasly, very successful in the car in 2018. Uh, in 2017 where you know he got those results in Bahrain that fourth place famous fourth place in Bahrain followed up um with the uh, sixth and seventh place he got in uh Hungary and Monaco respectively and a points finish in in Spa so you know this was the indicator for Red Bull to go for Honda engines back in uh 2018 and of course since then They've had five wins since their return, three in 2019 and two in 2020 with that famous win in Monza, the latest of those for Pierre Gasly. And, you know, for Red Bull and AlphaTauri, I think what's quite interesting in all this is their options. Now, I personally don't think they're going to be considering developing their own engine. I think for 20, the rules have now been signed up and agreed to for 2025. So these engine changes aren't really going to be a factor. So for Red Bull to want to develop their own engines, I don't think that's going to be a factor. Whilst committing their long-term future to the sport, which they both both teams have gone out and said since this uh, breaking news, they probably won't be in a position to do that, at least until 2026, when I imagine the engines will be revised again and yeah, there may be that, that's changes to simplify them. Um, with the aim of trying to attract new teams into this, because now we're down to free engine suppliers. So, um, if if I'm being honest, 
the, I've been thinking about this this morning. And one thing that does interest me is that whilst I feel Red Bull and Alpha Tauri, well, not so much Alpha Tauri, they'll go with what Red Bull decide. But Red Bull will probably try to go to Ferrari and Mercedes. But I don't, I mean, Mercedes first. I'm not sure if they're going to be keen on Ferrari. It, 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 it would be, it would actually be stupid of either Ferrari or Mercedes to do that. It'd be stupid. I mean, all jokes aside, I'm wondering if Red Bull will be too interested in getting the Ferrari engine. They may get, that may be a yeah. last resort for them. Um, it's not exactly. Yeah. Right and another thing worth noting, and I honestly do believe this is disastrous for Red Bull because, in terms of surviving the Formula One, doesn't matter how rich you are, you depend on prize money. A big part of staying in Formula One is being as competitive as possible, and the prize money that comes with it. Okay, this season's already a write-off. You imagine next season's going to be a write-off as well because there's going to be much of a change in regulations. And um, I can't imagine Honda would be putting as many resources into engine development given the fact they're leaving. So they're kind of in a black hole for next season already. And also, let's not forget, they're already going to be putting in early concept work for the 2022 big regulations. And you can't just bolt, you know more than anybody, Adam, you can't just bolt a Renault engine into a car that's been designed to run around the systems around the Mercedes engine. These things take years. Hmm. So unless Red Bull make a quick, witty decision, they could find themselves behind hmm. for several years at least. And also, you've got to think, another another thing, what's Max Verstappen thinking right now? Well, this is, yeah. He wants to be winning races. Hmm. Well, this is he, the big factor, knows. yeah. He's, he's, he's probably he's seen and he probably believes that he's the best of his generation he's not going to want to be 18th 19th because that's, that, that is very much possible so it has ramifications for the driver market as well this is a huge factor and I'm glad you mentioned the Max Verstappen issue because he has a contract up until the end of 2023 we know that so and there have been rumours about potential exit clauses here there similar to how they've been with other drivers it does beg the question if Max Verstappen does not want to stay because he feels like the engine issue is a problem for him, it may open the door for a potential seat at Mercedes in the future because that seems to be the logical place to put him if he was to leave. I don't think Ferrari would be interested in taking on, especially now with Leclerc and Sainz signed up and, of course, their uh, driver recruitment programme, which we talked about in the episode we recorded last night, which will be out on Monday, so you'd hear more about that. But... Interesting enough, Corny, yes, Red Bull find themselves in a precarious position with the engine. The good news about the 2022 cars is that they are look they look like they're going to be very similar in terms of their design, in terms of the uh, outlay of how the cars are going to appear. Because the aerodynamics and the rules with them are actually so strict in terms of what they can or can't do, there's a good chance that most of the engines will have to be redesigned to a degree so that they can all fit in those cars. So whilst I agree you can't put a Mercedes engine into a Ferrari straight away and expect it to go faster, or in this case, a Mercedes in a Red Bull car, the, the chances are they will have more options and flexibility with these new cars than they would do with the current ones. So there is that option, you know, to consider. But what is quite telling about this is that there is one school of thought why it does seem very likely that Renault may have to end up supplying the engines to Red Bull again, as they did before, whether or not they're, they're happy with this. And it, and it kind of goes like this. So it, the current rules state that, obviously, 
Red Bull can't be in a position, and AlphaTauri, of course, they can't be in a position where they turn up to the 2022 grid without without an engine. That can't happen. So what they've done in the rules is, with engine suppliers, Ferrari, Mercedes, and Renault, whichever of the three has the fewest uh, customers on their pay on their you know on their books, that that particular supplier is obliged to provide an engine to a team that needs one. So in this case, what doesn't help Renault's case in this is that you look at the suppliers right now. Mercedes supply themselves, um, Aston Martin, which will be next year, and uh, Williams. Ferrari have Alfa Romeo and Haas, so three each. Renault currently have two, including themselves. Now, that next year, Renault will just become an independent engine supplier with Alpine and McLaren moved to Mercedes in 2021. So because of that, Courtney, Renault find themselves in a position where the only team they're supplying is Alpine, therefore having one customer, which means by default, if Red Bull fail to secure an engine with Ferrari or Mercedes for 2022, Renault will be obliged contractually from the Concorde agreement to supply Red Bull and AlphaTauri with Renault engines. So, Cyril Abitable probably looking at this news, if he thought in the first place he might find it hilarious, given the irony of the situation and how the fallout with Red Bull occurred, that's going to change very, very quickly in terms of, uh, you know, having a mood where you're not interested in doing business, where they may be, for the financial side of it, may be literally reaching out to Red Bull first to offer them an engine at the prices that are obviously fixed by the FIA, they can't charge a massive amount, just to make sure that they can secure Red Bull and AlphaTauri services. So don't be surprised if Red Bull and AlphaTauri end up with a Renault engine. If I'm perfectly honest, I think that, obviously what I've just explained, and the fact that Mercedes and particular Ferrari will be a bit apprehensive to provide them with the engines, not that Red Bull be interested in a Ferrari engine right now, um... Maybe last year they would have been, but certainly not now. It's looking very likely at this point they will end up with Renault engines in 2022. Well, isn't it funny how life works sometimes, eh? Yeah. Because it won't be it won't be a healthy relationship. So even if that does happen, Red Bull are going to have issues. It it just seems that they've got some of the greatest minds in Formula One in that team. Never underestimate them, but. I, I, I just can't see them challenging for championships for quite a few seasons now. No, I mean, they've had a very successful partnership with Renault. Let's not forget that, you know, they were together for such a long time and won eight championships, drivers and constructors combined over yeah. that period. So, you know, that there's a lot of fond memories and a lot of great times between the two. And even then, Renault was never the best engine on the grid at the time. The Red Bull was notoriously slower on the straights and the speed traps. But this was at a time where aerodynamic dominance was the factor in Formula 1. And Red Bull championed that better than anybody. And since we've gone into this turbo hybrid era, Renault has fallen to the wayside in terms of their performance compared to the other teams. But they have gotten better. Of course, this season, McLaren have looked very good. The Renault team have looked very strong. They've come from strength to strength in races. So, you know, it's a part and parcel. One would imply the Renault engine is a lot more competitive than it used to be. But it does beg the question... How is this going to work for them in terms of their future? Red Bull, this is a big blow to them. They wanted the Honda project to work. In some regards, it has done, but it hasn't delivered a world championship. So that has to be the ultimate goal, which it hasn't yet succeeded and most likely won't. So the Max Verstappen factor is a huge issue 
for Red Bull because Christian Horner said quite often that in order to keep Max, we have to provide him with a car to win a world championship. And to continue Red Bull's allure and their reputation as one of the mega teams in Formula 1, they need to be able to keep drivers like Max in their team. And as you mentioned, Courtney, after losing Honda, and Max would already have been disappointed with Renault and to regard the yep. fact that Honda have not provided him with an engine powerful enough to beat the Mercedes, it does beg the question, what will happen with his future? I think that could be the biggest worry for Red Bull going forward, not necessarily trying to find a new engine. It's about how are they going to be able to convince Max to stay if they can't secure a Mercedes engine? And let's be honest, why would Mercedes want to, want to strengthen arguably their, their closest rival at the moment? Yeah, I just I'm I'm just got so many things going through. It is just the the, the possibilities at this point are endless. Mm. Um, but yeah, in terms of Max, Max is already it's, it's been pretty clear that I've always felt that Max will be um, Lewis's replacement at Mercedes when he retires. It'd just be interesting to see what happens after 2021, you know, because I've got I've got the slightest suspicion that if Lewis goes on to win these next two World Championships. It wouldn't surprise me if he retires as an eight-time world champion, the best of all time statistically, and leave the sport on a high. And he, he, he could find himself in a situation where Max replaces him. But would would Mercedes be willing to gamble having both Lewis and Max in the same team? It's a really difficult situation, not only for Red Bull, but for Max. Oh, but that would be an amazing prospect, wouldn't it? The one thing we've all wanted, Max and Lewis in yeah. the same car. And... Whilst we still think that that's very unlikely, this news this morning may prove to be the catalyst or at least the spark that lights that fire, which leads us to, I think, the dream scenario in Formula One since uh, Sebastian Vettel's title challenges were starting to fall away in Ferrari. So a huge ramifications that have been put on by this news with Honda, and it's such a shame to lose them. It does suggest that Formula One's next set of engine regulations that need to be agreed in 2026 have to really make these engines more simplistic and more affordable. I mean, they're trying to cut costs down as they've managed to do with the budget caps. The engines are going to have to be significantly cheaper to make, but they've still got to carry on with this environmental message. And this has been the driving force for these engines, seeking the performance gains, but still being incredibly environmentally friendly in comparison to not just engines of the past, but also engine manufacturers in other sports that have not really made the strides that Formula One has, with the exception of Formula E, for obvious reasons. But one driver in particular, I think, that has kind of summed up Honda's successes in Formula One. Um, And no, I'm not talking about Fernando Alonso at all, for those of you jokingly wondering. No, I'm talking about Pierre Gasly. And... uh, Pierre Gasly has been with the Honda program in all his Formula 1 career. You know, he joined them uh, when he won the GP2 Championship of 2016. He was touted for a seat at Toro Rosso. He didn't get it at the time. He joined, obviously, much later in the season to replace uh, Danny Kvyat. Uh, Sorry, not Danny Kvyat, Carlos Sainz, actually. We weren't talking about. But, um, and then, you know, he went to Super Formula in Japan was very, very successful in that series. Obviously developed a good relationship with Yamamoto, who I mentioned earlier. You know, adopted that philosophy uh, with Honda. You know, understood that need for patience, the family-orientated environment, and very nearly won the championship. It was only um, in the last race of the season, Courtney, in Super Formula that year, that um, Pierre was half a point behind the championship leader and was unable to win because of a typhoon 
that cancelled the last race. So uh, very unfortunate uh-huh. for him. But he went on to go to Toro Rosso and, of course, got those results in the uh, sorry 2018 season, I should correct myself, You know where they used the Honda engines that year to be like the guinea pig for Red Bull. And, yeah, I mean, the success is absolutely paramount with that team. You know, the, after a difficult first period, Pierre, obviously, going from strength to strength, had the difficult time at Red Bull under Honda, but Honda stuck by him. And then, obviously, that culminated with his success in AlphaTauri, including the incredible win at Monza, which I believe will probably go down as Honda's favourite win out of the five that they've had It'll since. Be as well. It probably will be their last at the moment. There might be, I mean... I was just thinking maybe Mexico, but Mexico is not on the F1 calendar for this revised year, of course. So, yeah, you could be right. It could be their very last one. And I think um, it's such a shame that Honda are leaving the sport Um, again. I don't know if they're going to return. I think things will have to change in Formula One for the next couple of decades over the, you know, how even more environmentally friendly these engines for Honda to consider coming back. And um, it will require... Uh, a more positive change in the economic market, I imagine, as well. But, um, yeah, unless you've got any other thoughts on that one, Courtney, just to sort of round it off. Yeah, I mean, I know my my, my body language is, oh, just uh, so many things could happen. And uh, if anything, it's added some spice to what has been quite a dull season in Formula 1, relatively speaking. So many talking points. And it's glorious for people that make podcasts like us, so I'm not complaining. Well, we're certainly on double duty having to do this one. I just kind of knew something was going to happen. I just didn't know what But uh, when we recorded yesterday. But, of course, that episode will be out on Monday. This one's going to be out tonight, of course, recording this today. But, uh, yeah, I think that we can call that to the end of this sort of mini-sode, if you like, of the DNF1F1 podcast. So thank you very much for joining in and listening to us, guys, on our thoughts on the Honda situation. Please like, share, and subscribe if you follow us on YouTube, that's DNF1-F1 Podcast. Please subscribe to that. And of course, if you follow us or listen to us on any of the major podcasting platforms that we are on, thank you so much for supporting us. And of course, make sure to follow us on those. And of course, if you listen to us on Good Pod on the new app there, make sure to download that and support us on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram, DNF1 underscore podcast. And wish Courtney a happy birthday. She's 29th today. So happy birthday again to you, Courtney. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm pretty sure we're done for double duty, so we should be all right until next week's German Grand Prix, which we should be looking forward to. And any further fallout from this news, you will be able to hear from us as and when it happens. So until then, all that's left to say is take care, stay safe, and we'll see you in the next DNF1 F1 podcast. See you soon. Podcast Network.